Several years ago, I was in North Carolina and went out on a fly fishing outing with, with a group. Now, I had done some fishing before, but this was my first time ever fly fishing. Any of you fly fish by chance? Yes, I see some hands going up. And I was afraid that that afternoon on the river, I was going to get skunked, as they say in the fishing world, that I wouldn't catch any fish at all. But I ended up catching six or seven fairly sizable rainbow trout. Yeah, don't be overly impressed. <laughs> it wasn't just a matter of beginner's luck. I had an expert fly fishing guide right beside me in the river. This guy taught me how to select the right fly to attract the fish, showed me how to cast the rod. I remember him saying, if you've seen the movie A River Runs Through It, don't let Brad Pitt throw you off, because he will if you think about him. And he, he showed me, this is the way to, to cast the rod, and he actually took my hands in his and, and just guided, guided them. The guide also showed me how to read the river, the ripples in the river, to know where the fish might be and where they might be biting. And so thanks to this expert guide, I was able to catch, as I mentioned, uh, six or seven of these rainbow trout. Without the presence of the guide, that afternoon I would have caught precisely zero fish. In a much more important quest in our lives for truth, for God, our yearning to find the right path. We have an ultimate guide in God's Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at how the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life with and for God with energy and joy. Uh, last week, my colleague Jeff Hawker talked about how the Holy Spirit works through us to bring renewal to the earth. And today, we're going to be looking at how the Holy Spirit guides us. Listen to what Jesus says about the third person of what theologians call the Trinity or the triune Godhead. John 14, Jesus says in verses 16 and 17, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or helper, from the Greek word paraclete, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then in verse 26, but the advocate, again, which can be translated helper from the Greek word paraclete, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then in John 15, 26, Jesus says, When the Advocate or Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then in John 16, 7, Jesus says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then in the next verse. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for enabling John to remember the words of Jesus and to record them in this gospel. And we pray that you would illuminate these words so we would understand more of your nature, more of how you work, so that you lead us into Jesus and into the way of life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the Greek word here that Jesus uses to describe the role of the Spirit is paraclete. And paraclete can be translated advocate or helper or counselor. The Phillips translation interprets the word as a phrase, as someone else to stand by you. But how does the Holy Spirit stand by us in the river of our life, so to speak? Well, one of the specific ways the Spirit helps us is by teaching us about Jesus. In John 15, 26, we read, When the Advocate comes, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He, that is the Holy Spirit, will testify about me. If you were raised in a Christian home, or if you attended Sunday school growing up or church, and you now believe in Jesus, you may think, well, that's the reason I believe, because of my parents or my Sunday school teachers. And there's no doubt that God used them to play an important role in your life. But if you have really entrusted your life to Christ, the primary reason that you believe in him is because the Holy Spirit has shone light onto Jesus' face. But sometimes... How the Spirit casts light onto Jesus' face is more apparent when we consider the experience of someone who was not raised in a Christian context. I think of someone like Hafshin, who was born in Iran and raised in a strict Shiite Muslim family. Growing up, Hafshin learned and practiced the disciplines of Islam, including daily prayer and regular fasting. When Hafshin was in high school, he was considered a, quote, master student of the Quran by his elders. And as a young man, like many of his Iranian contemporaries, Hafshin was disturbed by the injustices of the world and especially troubled by how he saw the, the West spewing immorality into the rest of the world through satellite television. And he and a number of his contemporaries in Iran, young, young adults, believed that that immorality coming from the West was actually sourced in Christianity. And so Hafshin ended up joining Hezbollah. And because of his brilliant mind and passionate heart, he quickly advanced in leadership. In fact, he was chosen to leave Iran to be sent to Afghanistan where he would train as a leader in Al-Qaeda. His itinerary included going en route through Jakarta, Indonesia on his way to Afghanistan. But as he was passing through customs in Jakarta, Hafshin was arrested because he was carrying false passports. 26 false passports, to be exact. He ended up in prison. And while in prison, 
Hafshin cried out to Allah, asking, Why am I here? I have been so devoted to you. I have committed my entire life to you. I've been faithful. I am willing to lay down my life for you. Why have you deserted me now? And for weeks on end, there was no answer. And then one day, as Hafshin was pacing in his cell, he sensed this holy presence in the prison with him. And he felt an emotion that he had never experienced before, guilt. He had known shame before, a sense of being lowered in the eyes of others, but never guilt. And in the holy presence, Hafshin felt afraid. He felt shaken and humbled. Hafshin approached the presence as he understood it and said, what or who are you? And the presence spoke back in Arabic, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hafshin asked, what does that mean? And the voice said, I am Jesus, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hafshin then fell to his knees and then fell prostrate on his face before the presence and said he felt cleansed. He felt more alive than ever before and he was no longer afraid. Hafshin was eventually released from prison and in due course he ended up here in our city of Vancouver studying at a theological college on the campus of UBC called Regent. And from there, he went on to become a pastor of an Iranian church in North Vancouver. As the theologian J.I. Packer, who taught for many years at Regent College, has said, the Holy Spirit stands behind us, looks over our shoulder, and shines light on the face of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read these words, and I'll, I'll uh, read these from the, the message version of the Bible, the contemporary version. The Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. God offers a full report on the gifts and life and salvation that he is giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. We didn't learn this by reading books or going to school. We learned it from God who taught us person to person through Jesus and we're passing it on to you in the same first-hand personal way. The prophet Isaiah's question, is there anyone around who knows God's spirit, anyone who knows what he is doing, has been answered. Christ knows and we have Christ's spirit. And so what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage in 1 Corinthians is that there are certain things that we cannot learn in a school or through an ordinary book or through a lecture or a podcast. There are certain things that only the Holy Spirit can teach us and show us. And to go back to Hafshin for a moment, as he was walking around that prison cell in Jakarta, and sensed the holy presence coming into that cell. Even though he had been so zealous for morality and for good living as he understood it, for the first time he experienced a sense of guilt 
And then as he engaged the Holy Presence, the Holy Presence said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hafshin couldn't have learned that in a school. Couldn't have learned that through a lecture or a book. These were things that only the Spirit could uniquely teach him. And so it is with us. There are certain things that only the Spirit can teach us. And the Spirit shines light on Jesus' face. And at times will convict us of sin. Jesus says in John 15, when the Advocate or the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then Jesus also says um, in Verse 8, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And that's what the Spirit was doing for Hafshin. In Romans chapter 2 verse 4, the Apostle Paul in Scripture writes, It is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And that verse means that It says we recognize God's kindness, his goodness to us, that we're more likely to turn from our sin and turn to God who can offer us life in its fullness. But it's also true that God in kindness will sometimes convict us of our sin so we turn from that which can utterly destroy us and so that we turn to the one who offers us a fullness and joy in life that we could never know otherwise. So the Spirit reveals Jesus to us, convicts us of our sin, to turn us to God. The Spirit can also reveal to us the good things God has in store for us. In a beautiful passage, also in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes, But as is written, and he's quoting here or alluding to the prophet Isaiah, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man or woman, The things God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. This is an amazing verse. And as I've heard it and read this before and thought about how Paul says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man or woman the good things the Lord has in store for those who love him. I've always taken that to mean the good things the Lord has in store for us in the world to come in heaven. And I think that's what Paul has in mind. But the Spirit can also reveal to us the good things that God has in store for us in this lifetime. On one of the Sundays before Easter, I talked about my friend Joanna. And I shared how when Joanna was a young woman, she met a guy named Coleman Mockler. They got married, and Coleman would go on to become the legendary CEO of Gillette. I didn't mention this. While Coleman was president of Gillette, he suffered a massive heart attack and died. And sometime thereafter, Joanna was at Cape Cod, there in the Boston area, looking out over the water, wondering, what will become of my life? And she was filled with a sense of anxiety and dread as she considered her future. And as she was looking out over the water, out of the blue, these words came to her heart. 
I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my mouth rejoices, and my body will rest secure. And those words just lifted Joanna and gave her a sense of comfort and solace and strength. And Joanna later recalled that those were actually words from the Bible in Psalm 16. Now, she had read those words, but it had been a long time since she had glanced at that psalm. She had certainly not memorized it. And it was as though God were bringing those words of Scripture to her heart to bring her a sense of comfort and peace and encouragement. And, and God can reveal to us through the Spirit, the good things that God has in store for us in the world to come, but also in our current lifetime. The Spirit can also guide us in specific ways, closing doors, opening doors. So in the book of Acts chapter 16, we read that Paul was on a missionary journey with, with some of his teammates, and they wanted to enter into a city called Bithynia, but according to Acts 16:7, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter. And then in verse 9, we read, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And so the Spirit is saying no to one direction, but calling them through a vision to another place. We also read in Acts chapter 13 how the church of Antioch was gathered. They were worshiping. Uh, they were fasting. And as they were engaged in, in worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set aside for me Barnabas and Saul, who would later be renamed Paul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so we see the Spirit guiding and, and directing Paul and his, his companions. In a very important verse in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, acknowledge God, and He will direct your paths. It's a, it's a beautiful verse um, filled with promise and one that's worthy of being memorized if, if you haven't. And sometimes the Holy Spirit guides us through a nudge, a prick of conscience, sometimes through a scripture. When my mentor Leighton Ford was in middle age, he was contemplating the possibility of leaving the security of his post as a senior leader at his brother-in-law's organization, uh, the Billy Graham Association. And uh, he wasn't certain about it, but he was considering the possibility of launching a new organization that would help to cultivate and develop younger emerging leaders. And Leighton says he was in a prayer group. They were praying for something else. But during the prayer meeting, someone from Britain said, can we just stop praying just for a moment? I want to read a verse of scripture. And he opened his Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and read these words. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And Leighton said, 
I, I know those words were given by Isaiah a long time ago, but it was like they leapt out of the pages of the Bible and landed in my heart. And they gave me the sense that I was supposed to start this, this new ministry to develop younger leaders. And as I look back, I see that as God's guidance. And God can guide us through Scripture. God can guide us through a nudge, a prick of conscience. As I've said, God can also guide us through circumstances. But don't make the mistake of the guy who told his wife, I'm going to quit my daily habit of eating donuts or, or buying donuts and eating them. And so his wife was surprised on the very next day uh, when he came home with a dozen donuts, you know, plunked the box on the counter. And she says, well, what's this all about? I, I thought you were going to quit your daily habit of buying donuts. And, and uh, he said, well, I, I was planning to quit buying donuts every day. But as I was driving past the donut shop today, I felt a nudge. <laughs> and I prayed, Lord... If it's your will for me to go in the donut shop and get some donuts, give me a sign. <laughs> Let there be an open parking space in front of the donut shop. <laughs> and there was. I had to circle the donut shop ten times. <laughs> but eventually one opened up. We can manipulate circumstances so that they seem to suggest exactly what we want and then justify that as saying, you know, God led me or this is, this is the path I'm supposed to take. Uh, obviously avoid that, but God can guide us through circumstances. God can also guide us through our thoughts. Jesus says in John 14, for he, meaning the Holy Spirit, lives with you and will be in you. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit lives in us. And so sometimes thoughts that seem to arise from within us may in fact be sourced not originally in us, but in the Spirit of God. And we can be guided through our thoughts. I was just at the UBC site and I was mentioning how the Spirit can guide us in our educational path and into relationships. And, and then I just sort of spontaneously said, uh, but I, as I, I look back there, at least I was counting one, two, I'm not going to count all the way, but there were times where I entered into, quote, relationships, not because the Spirit was leading me, but driven by my own loneliness and neediness. So there have been times when I haven't really followed the Spirit's promptings, but the Spirit can prompt us, and, and it, it, God might guide us uh, into relationships, in some cases into marriages, and especially for the latter, we want to have the Spirit's guidance. The Spirit can guide us as to where to live. Uh, sometimes people have asked me, why did you move from sunny Southern California where the weather is often like it was just like it was yesterday here in Vancouver, uh, instead to Vancouver where it's often rainy, often cloudy? And I'll say, because uh, this is uh, what happened, I was living near the beach and I remember running in the mornings barefoot along this, uh, this, this sunlit um, ocean front. And, uh, I'd, or I'd walk. And, and there was a time where impressions would come to my mind that I was supposed to be back in Vancouver, back in Canada. This happened, this happened a number of times. And so I eventually followed that prompting, moved back to Canada, though just barely, just sort of across the border into a little town called White Rock where I was living with a childhood friend. 
And uh, once during a time of fasting and prayer, as I've shared with a number of you, uh, four words came to mind. 10th Avenue Alliance Church, which is the full legal name of our church. I had no formal connection with it. It just seemed like words coming to my mind and heart. But as I look back, I believe that God guided me from California first to Metro Vancouver and then, and then here. Not long after being married, uh, my wife and I were driving through um, Riley Park neighborhood in between Canby and Main Street, wondering where we might live. And I remember driving past one house and looking at the house, and it was just an ordinary house, but thinking, having a strong impression that that's where we might in fact live. But there was no for rent sign, no for sale sign either. And then through an unforeseeable set of circumstances that we did not initiate, that house became available for us to live in, and we've been there for about two decades now. God can guide us through our impressions and our thoughts that we think are our own, and sometimes they are just our own or the result of something that we ate or, you know, or not enough sleep or maybe too much sleep. Um, but sometimes the thoughts that arise within us actually come from the Holy Spirit and we can be guided by God. And so the Holy Spirit can guide us to see who Jesus really is as the Spirit shines light on Jesus' face can convict us of sin so that we turn away from that which can destroy us and embrace fullness of life. The Spirit can show us the good things that God has in store for us. And the Spirit can guide us to specific places and people. I began this message by describing how I was in a river in North Carolina with an expert fly fishing guide who showed me how to pick the right fly to attract the fish how to cast my rod, guiding my hands, how to read the, the ripples in the river to understand where the fish might be and might be biting. And as a result of this guide's presence in the river beside me, my fly fishing experience was so much fuller, so much richer, so much more joyful. And I am so very thankful that I have had an ultimate guide at my side in the river of my life. Showing me where to cast the line of my life. And as I implied earlier, there's sometimes uh, when uh, I have resisted and not followed that, that guidance. But the Spirit has been merciful and patient and, and kind and has guided me into certain places, literal places sometimes like Vancouver, into relationships, into community, and most important, into a relationship with Jesus that with the Spirit's help has, has grown deeper over time. And this is what I want for you as well. I want you to know the Spirit's loving guidance in your life. The Spirit who will show you more of Jesus will guide you into a deeper friendship with him. The spirit who will reveal to you the good things God has in store for you. The spirit who will guide you into certain places and to certain people so that you fulfill the purpose for your life. That's my hope and prayer for you. And so if you desire that, why not begin each day with a prayer like, Welcome Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit guide me this day. Or, to use the words of the Apostle Paul, help me keep in step with you, Holy Spirit. 
And as you do that, the Spirit will be smiling on you because the Spirit loves you. And the Spirit will be counseling you, teaching you, and directing you because the Holy Spirit is your guide. Let's pray together. And if you would like to experience the work of the Holy Spirit as your guide, take a deep breath in. The Greek word for spirit and breath are one and the same. And if you'd like, simply pray, I receive you, Holy Spirit. This may be a prayer that you're praying for the first time or in a fresh new way. Holy Spirit, I receive you as you breathe in and as you exhale. Release any anxiety or heaviness or burden that you may be feeling. Breathe in. Taste the Spirit. Drink in the Spirit. And then exhale. And if it expresses your heart, pray, Holy Spirit, guide me. Help me to acknowledge Jesus in my life and then direct my paths. Carry me along the river of my life that I might fulfill your good purposes for my life. And may it be so. May it be so as we pray these things in the loving name of God the Father, in the faithful name of God the Holy Spirit, in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.